Hello and welcome to another edition of the 16-Ounce Canvas, the Art of Craft Beer podcast. My name is AJ Kearns. I'm your host here each and every week as I do my part to introduce you to the artists and designers that help bring some of our favorite beers and breweries to life. This week is no different. Episode 121 featuring the talented Chris Edwards, who is the creative director as well as sales manager for our good friends over at Hoax Brewing, part of the Beerix Collaborative community over there in East Haven, Connecticut. Hoax, H-O-A-X Brewing. The Beerix, the word the, beer, A-C-K-S. Like the barracks, but with beer. It's the uh, first community uh, collaborative beer space in Connecticut. Uh, it's the former location for Overshore. Has Overshore holes. Front porch does work there. Our boys at Armada. Erector does work out of there. Obviously, hoax holes. And just, uh, it's a great place to be. A lot of good people. We've featured a bunch of them here on the on the podcast already. And we'll, we'll get the rest of the gang in the future. But this week, we sit down with Chris, Harry, underscore diamond not like harry hood or harry houdini like harry just like a lot of hair h-a-i-r-y underscore diamond and we just sit down with him actually at the beer because we're trying to do some more of these in person and so it's a it's a good experience just kind of sit down we uh had some beers and we're just kind of catching up and learning about his his roles kind of a unique perspective on a brewery that's been around just over a year to learn kind of you know, the, being the jack of all trades, having to wear multiple hats, do different things for the brewery. Not only is he, you know, evolved into doing the labels, but, you know, he's out there on the road. And so we kind of talked about, you know, that process gave a little insight into, you know, a different um, way of looking at the, you know, at the beer scene and how folks are doing it and how breweries, you know, on the rise make things happen. So it was really cool. You know, it's a pleasure to sit down with Chris. You know, we get to thank him in person for, you know, being a huge help last year when we did the Art of Craft Beer event in New Haven. Him and uh, Brandy Thomas, who's now with Beard, uh, were huge, huge helps. You know, they were our bartenders for the night, and they were just wonderful, and they really just made the whole night, uh, or kind of our, our gala opening night, a, a huge success. You know, they had that on lockdown, and it was one, one thing that we didn't have to worry about. You know, they were just, you know, serving, smiling, good people and it's uh, really been nice to you know just to be able to publicly thank them for all the you know the help they've been and what a you know huge relief that was to to have them be part of such a special night for us as we mentioned last week we announced uh, hubbub which is the art of craft beers main event uh, in lovely bridgeton maine it's going to be taking place at all roads hub which is a great new location up there it's the inaugural event we're teaming up with Will Holmes of Standard Gastro Pub to bring to life, you know, the next evolution of the Art of Craft Beer. And it's going to be great. Live music, live food. I don't know if live food, but like food trucks, live music, live art, food trucks, artists, beer, and just a really all-around great experience. So look for more information on that on the Instagram, 16OZCanvas on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, 16OZ.com. You can also check out the theartofcraftbeer.com. What else? We got some cool stuff coming up in August. We'll be on Beer Sessions Radio with Jimmy Carbone. Had a great uh, opportunity to join him, meet some cool folks at the uh, NYC Brewers Choice Award kind of event. I don't know if it's a award, but they give out the Good Seal Breweries, so it felt like kind of a cool, cool place to be. I was really excited to be part of that. In September, we're doing the Doodle or Die with Robbie Davis. September 28th and 29th is the Hubbub. And then for the month of December in New Haven, Connecticut, we'll be doing the Art of Craft Beer Connecticut style. So a lot of good things happening. Remember, you can still purchase your Dune Hanger glass, the pre-sale. Go to 16OunceCanvas.com slash store. Make sure you get that before it sells out. Support the artists. Support us. And we're, you know, we're taking it to the, you know, we're taking it to the streets. Get some merch for the people. And we're just trying to uh, come out with an artist series. This is the first of hopefully many. And a lot of cool things are a lot of cool things are happening. Stay hydrated. It is hot as fuck here in the Northeast. People are dropping like flies. You know, like passing away, but just like getting completely burnt out and just whew, drained. It just takes part of your little soul away when it gets that hot. So be safe, be careful. SPF 100 is a thing. You should use it. But 
With that said, let's get right into it. Episode 121, Mr. Chris Edwards, Hoax Brewing, 16-ounce canvas, right here, right now. Hello and welcome to another edition of the 16-ounce canvas, the Art of Craft Beer podcast. Very excited to have with us today, Chris Edwards of Hoax Brewing, recording this one live at the Beerix in East Haven, thebeerix.com, Hoax Brewing, and you can follow on Chris's work, Harry underscore Diamond. Yeah. <laughs> so, fun fact about Chris, when we did our, our Artocraft beer event last year in New Haven, um, he was one of, one of our bartenders there, and so we connect, that was the first time we connected, thanks to Brandy, and uh, yeah, we've been following along with his, his work ever since, and just really excited to, to see how things have grown and have you on the podcast, man. Yeah, it's definitely, uh, it's definitely almost a 360 from the first time we ever met. Yeah. That's for sure. Yeah, because you're like, oh, I do some stuff, and you're you're geeking out with a bunch of the artists, like about, you know, art, art, art people stuff, and I was like, oh. And Hoax had just started, you know, and you guys you guys saved the day by helping out with that event. And um, Yeah, I mean, it was an awesome event uh, in general, you know, not even being like a, an art nerd about everything, but it was just cool being there and helping serve all those delicious beers that you guys had it was killer we really had a great we had like so much beer that was like people like yeah here take some and it was uh yeah i think we had some hoax stuff and we had some yeah it was awesome yeah the uh the burlington beer company i think we had some of that stuff yep that was really good but yeah it was cool well i'm glad to get you on the other side and uh publicly thank you for making that event a huge success that night that was uh it was i had no idea how it would go and you know here we are yeah, nice. Yeah, no problem, man. Yeah, and uh, like I said, you've been working with Hoax for an over a year. You're kind of, we're trying to figure out your title. There's too many things to list, but sales manager, creative director, party starter, hype man. I mean, like the list goes on and on. And I think that's the beauty of this place is that you can't just be doing one thing. You got to do whatever you need to do whenever yeah. you need to get it done. And it, that's the the one of the th- great things about this place is that like everyone's always willing to help everyone do whatever needs to be done. It's not like one person has one set job and then that's all they do. It's like everybody can help everybody do everything, all the way from brewing beer, uh, cleaning kegs, to you know helping out bartend on the weekends and stuff if we need somebody to fill in. Yeah. You know. It's just yeah. It's uh, if you haven't checked it out, it's thebeerix.com. The beerix on you know all the social sites. It's the first collaborative beer space in Connecticut. I think there's a copycat that just been announced somewhere else, right? Maybe, maybe, but we're not gonna give them. <laughs> we're not gonna give them the space. We're uh, we're Team Beerix all the way. So yeah, we've had uh, you know we've had our, our motto on. You know we've had uh, Hops and Branding who does work with Holes, and we're gonna probably do something with Justin at Director. And so yeah, it's uh, it's a good place to be, and we're uh, we're we're definitely proud to support it. And it's no brainer having you be on there. Nice, we su- we appreciate it, man. And it's sure. cool. Uh, yeah, what you're doing. You know, I think it's it's really fitting too to the vibe here. You know, you kind of. Have that like American traditional la- the label styles you do, which a lot of you got goes kind of a lot with your a lot of the guys' tattoos and yeah. vibe of the place and you know you know uh, connected with Keys on Kites last year. They do a lot of that stuff, you know. So yep. it's kind of co- it's just really cool to see how it's really smart. It kind of plays off the yeah the vibe of you know. I uh, so initially when I started doing the labels for them, it was all like uh, done by hand with color pencils and like ink and stuff like that. And I was trying to make everything like have like a realistic vibe to it, but then I forget which one it was. I threw like uh, like a American traditional like tattoo style uh, art on it, and Sean and Austin were like all about it. They're like, "Dude, that's that's the way to go. You know, that's where we want to go. We love what you did with this." And then from there on out, I've gotten nothing but praise from other people being like. Dude, you've never seen this on like cans before. Like, mm-hmm. it's super awesome what you're doing. Um, so I'm pumped that people like it. You know? Yeah, I, I mean, like I said, it, it was a, it was, it's really smart, and it was, it's, it's kind of an extension of who you are and what you do. You know, you also work at another one of our favorite places, Three Sheets, in New Haven. You know, love to the crew over there. And um, but before we get into your labels, like, what's your like? How'd you get started with like drawing and you get involved with these guys? And what's your, what's uh, kind of this is where you talk about yourself? And I'm okay. just gonna drink this delicious. Beer. <laughs> uh, so for me, it all started way back when I was little, uh, just sitting down in front of the TV and literally like tracing uh, comic book frames 
like over and over all the Spider-Man comic books, all the X-Men comic books, you know, and then kind of branching out and going from tracing to copying. You're so a fucking tracer. I, I was. Mall, I was. No, mall, mall rats. You ever seen mall rats? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so then I started just copying them and trying to like learn how like all the motions are with drawing and everything like that, and that's what I did for forever. And then uh, I went to college out in Chicago for a couple years uh, to the art school Columbia. And I was messing around with doing like graphic design out there. I wanted to be an art teacher, yada, yada, yada. Seven years of college later and no degree. Um, <laughs> I'm here now. But uh, you know, art's always been with me. Um, I did an apprenticeship at uh, Keys on Kites in New Haven for like two and a half years. So that's where I picked up a lot of the like American, tra American traditional uh, tattoo style. You know, I was always drawn to that uh, growing up and wanting to get tattoos. You know, that was always the style that I was always like, dude, that's fucking dope. I want those. I got all the Sailor Jerry, you know, all that stuff. Uh, Burt Crack, all those styles, you know. I was always just so fascinated by how simplistic they are and yet how hard they are to actually tattoo because like uh with it being so simplistic those like the line work and everything in it has to be pristine you know those lines have to be not shaky or anything the colors have to be full-blown like bright and stuff like that so i kind of just turned that into flash sheets there and then when that apprenticeship ended, um, I was kind of just doing whatever, working at Three Sheets. Uh, I was also working at Stony Creek at the time, too. Um, and I wasn't, you know, my time there had run its course, so I was trying to get out of there. And Sean approached me one day and was like, hey, man, do you want to do a label for my brewing company that I'm starting? And I was like, yeah, dude, I'd fucking love to. So, I think the first one was either the first Lem Trails label or the Raspberry Sleight of Hand. And the first Lem Trails label, uh, compared to this one, was terrible. It's so bad. It didn't even say Hoax Brewing on it. Like, the, the logo for Hoax Brewing was, like, almost invisible on the can. I didn't know what I was doing, you know. Um... But yeah, from there on out, it just kind of blew up. And then uh, a couple months later, he was like, hey, do you want to like work work for me? And I was like, yeah, dude, I need to get out of like what I'm doing right now for yeah. sure. Uh, so yeah, that's where we are today. It's great. I mean, there's so many breweries that come up and I think that have a, a style and have a character. I think that Hoax is not just, it's more than just the beer, right? So I think that's really the cool part about it. I think, I think you guys are active in the beer scene, you know, you're, you're bartending at Three Sheets, Austin's over at, you know, uh, Beer Collective, yep. you know, it's just like people, are, you know, love, love a Craig in there, we're doing over at Beer Collective, another great space, you know, in New Haven, I don't, I feel like I'm not getting paid for these promos, but, you know, <laughs> we'll figure, we're trying to figure that out, so if you want to reverse sponsor pay me for that, uh, anyone? Yeah, that'd be uh, nice, right? We'll collect those, um, but yeah, it's just, I think it, it's, you got to differentiate yourself, and I think that, it, but it's not fake, like, I mean, that's the thing, like, I think people try to push out a vibe that like there's something more than they're not, and you guys, yeah. you guys, good, bad, and the ugly. You guys, it's it's real, and you know it's 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 cool. Every time I come here, you're working on something new. There's new fucking. I mean that Shawnee Palmer. I mean Sean, let me try that like two and a half months before it came out. It yeah. was like his brainchild. That one's killer, right? And I was funny uh, Arnold Palmer story. So we were in Cancun for this all-inclusive trip, day drinking, obviously all day, mm. and. I was drinking Arnold Palmer's, and I just thought, well, we're at a resort. There gotta be alcoholic in there. So I like all day, and you have one of those days or career days you're drinking, you're like, you're not drunk, but you're just feeling good all day. And yeah. I was like, I'm like, man, I don't really feel anything, but like, you know, it just could be one of those career days. And so I, or, instead of going, to the, I went to the bar, and I said, I'll have another Arnold Palmer. And they poured it up, and I was like, you pre-make that with the booze in it? And the guy was like, there's no alcohol in this drink, man. <laughs> I was like, I've been just drinking this sugary lemonade and iced tea all day. He's like, yeah. He, so I like poured a heavy floater and I was like, all right. I mean, everyone was was cocked and I was so I got a late start of the day, but it was, I always so I always laugh. So the fact there's like an alcoholic version now is uh, is pretty bomb. Yeah, 
Yeah, I don't know, man. Day drinking itself is, like, dangerous, you know? Unless you know how to pace yourself, which I don't, uh, day drinking is, like, so not... I can't do it anymore. I try, but, like, if I start at 11, I'm either, like, blacked out by, like, 4 or, like, ready to go to bed by 3. Right. You know? There's just, like... Once I start drinking, like, we're going to an event, I'm just like, oh, fuck, yeah, let's go. I just start pounding beers, and then I start taking shots, and then I'm done. <laughs> Everyone yeah. else is like, dude, I made it to, like, 11 o'clock midnight, and you were out by, like, 2. <laughs> <laughs> At least you're well-rested for the next day. Yeah, right? But I know it's been good, and if uh, you haven't had Hoax, they make a lot of, I was just talking, they make a lot of summer crushers, like, easier drinking, unique styles. We're drinking Lem Trails right now. And they do the sleight of hand series, which is is blown up, I think, in Connecticut. It's been really it's yeah, really it's well uh, definitely our most sought after beer uh, out of all the ones that we've done. Um, we're more of an experimental brewery, so we don't really ever do the same beer twice, with some ex- uh, exceptions like Miss Daisy. Uh, this Lem Trails is a totally different recipe, new label, everything, uh, different style beer from the first version. Um, and then other than that, yeah, sleight of hand, we just do every month, but we use a different fruit variation mm-hmm. every month. And uh, people go crazy over it, and it's awesome. I love it. You know, it's a really super awesome fruit-forward Berliner Weiss. Uh, and the salesman, the sales guy and you coming out right now. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> Trying to sell people on the beer over this. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's good, yeah. yeah. My wife loves it, and there's, like I said, there's a lot of great restaurants in New Haven, and we were at one. Uh, I don't mean to plug too many, but uh, it was, uh, yeah, we were at like that ramen place, and it was perfect. They had that, they had the, the cans there. I don't know, I, I, I'm not a big food pairing guy. Like I, I would like to be, but I'm not that yeah. skilled, and it was, it was it was on point, yeah. Yeah, the only food pairing I know of is like if I'm eating barbecue, like I want like a uh, like a tart sour okay. kind of, you know. That's the only thing I really know of food pairing. Other than that, I just eat and drink whatever I want. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, right. So because you're in sales, you kind of have a good idea what's coming down the pipeline. How does that, like label wise, like how what, how much time are they giving you? Uh, so we we basically have like a list of all the beers that are going to be coming out, uh, I believe for the rest of the year, uh, up until like winter time. So we have like quote unquote set dates when the beers are going to come out. So basically, I just need to sit myself down and just get the labels done about a week or two weeks beforehand. That way we can send them out, or we can we can have everybody review them, see if there's anything that needs to be changed. Then we can send them out, have the printing company print them, send them to us. That usually takes like a week or so. Mm-hmm. So I try, <laughs> I'm going to say I try and get it done like two weeks before it comes out, but usually it gets done about five days before it gets, okay. you know. I'm really, I work well under pressure. And I don't know why I do it to myself, but my whole life I've just been like, oh, this is due on Friday. I'm going to do it like Thursday night. Mm-hmm. And it comes out well. It's just I stress myself out too too much doing that kind of stuff. Yeah. But it works. So. Yeah. We, we've had weeks where we don't have an artist. Like, like we, I've been getting better. Like, it goes through phases. The hardest part of this whole project is scheduling. Like, yeah. It's, it's, that's like... Uh, but... I try to have a backlog of stuff, but there's been weeks where like, it's like the week before I don't have I don't have an episode yet. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm oh like, yeah. I'm like, hey, uh, you know, because like, <laughs> we now it's the season, so I can't like variate too much. And I've only had three or four times where the person we've announced just flaked like flaked out. Oh yeah. It's not the, usually like one was the brewery stopped working with them, and they didn't want to like promote like they didn't see the value as me promoting them as designers. So yeah. they didn't want to promote the brewery, so that was that was a little weird. Like our, I got like an email saying our lawyer said we shouldn't do this, and I was like, that's kind of cool. I'm oh, like, really? I'm like, you're like you give me way too much credit, <laughs> but like I was like I was psyched about that part of it. Like I'm like, okay, cool. You have a have a lawyer, and they discussed being on this podcast. I'm like, yeah, you paid that guy a shitload of money for fucking nonsense. <laughs> and then one like recently had like an illness in the family, <laughs> so we'll, we'll get him back. 
Uh, but it was just like, I was like, I, I'm not gonna bother you. You figure that when, when she gets figured out, we'll just plump you back in. Yeah, you can't do anything about that. That's like something that. And then one I fucked up because I it was in, it was in the Netherlands and I. What didn't bring a cable and so we tried. I tried to record it with like, with another tool and it just sounded awful. And I was like, I can't put this out. Oh, and that sucks. Yeah, but we. I have it. I transcribe it. It's on the website. But yeah, that one that always drives me crazy because that was cool. That was our, one of our first international ones. But that's sick. That's cool you're getting out there and doing stuff like that. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. We've had over 10 countries now, uh, 10 or 11 artists in different countries. We've had New Zealand, Australia, Norway, Switzerland, the UK, and uh, Canada, and a few other ones. Yeah. Damn, I guess I haven't gone through your catalog enough. 120 plus <laughs> episodes, brother. Plug, 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 yeah. Jeez. But yeah, it's been, it's been great. So you say you, you wait till the last minute. Do you... Utilize like the tattoo vibe. Like, are you making like sketches and then going digital? Are you all digital? What, what's what's going on? So, uh, at, like I said before, at first, up until about I want to say like two or three weeks ago, everything was all done by hand. So I was sketching everything out, inking everything, and then coloring everything in by hand with like color pencils. Mm -hmm. Then scanning it into the computer and fucking with it on Photoshop like that, uh, and. That was one of the most difficult things I've ever done with like doing labels and stuff with a time constriction uh, because between working for Hoax and doing sales during the day, uh, when I first started I was also doing deliveries and then working for three sheets at night also. So like giving myself an hour to four hours a day to do artwork was almost impossible. And then after working all day and coming home and sitting on the couch, I didn't want to do anything. So that's what led up to like procrastination and stuff like that. Uh, but all those labels came out awesome. But now I have a uh, hoax invested in a iPad for me and I've got Procreate on there and I've just been busting out labels in like a day now. Like a label that would take me like, if I legit worked on it every day for like two hours, a label that would take me like three days that way now takes me like three hours on the Procreate on the iPad. You like it? Yeah, it's awesome. It's such a like. So I was living with two tattoo artists um, last year, Steve Cassiopo and Jody Longo, um, and they got iPads and they were sketching. And I was watching them do everything on that, and I was like, dude, that just looks so much easier. Like it kills the time that you need. Mm -hmm. And they were like, yeah, dude, it's like, it cuts it right in half. Like, it's so much easier to just, like, cut and copy and move things and do all this stuff. And, you know, one touch filling in with color and stuff like that. And I was like, oh, my God, I need that so bad. But I, I personally financially couldn't afford one. Uh, so then I think, like, two, two and a half weeks ago, Hoax invested in an iPad for me. And uh, our buddy Pat hooked it up. And now I got it. And now it's fucking, I'm flying, dude. I did like uh, I did this label for the Lem Trail, the new Lem Trails, in like two days, like just kind of like at my leisure. Uh, I'm working on a. Uh, I got I started a sketch and kind of finalized the sketch last night in like two hours for uh, this dude's like hot sauce company. He wants me to do like this little chili thing, animated chili thing. I started off with a sketch and then before I knew it, it was like one o'clock in the morning and I was like, this is like pretty much done. <laughs> so like yeah. I just get lost in it now because it's so much easier you know yeah that's what it, like we definitely have a split like of like hand people who are like OG like can't can't do it, it is, but like when people go we've, we've got like we like those circles we have like a crew that are like transitioning like you and it's like people say it's a game changer just for the, the it fact is, that it like, really is like oh you're gonna like I'm gonna go somewhere this weekend I don't have to bring all my pens I don't have to bring all my well, that's, yeah, that's another thing. Like, I'd have to load up my backpack every time I was, like, going somewhere to work on something. Because it'd be, like, tracing paper and then, like, uh, Bristol board and all my color pencils and all my inking pens and, right. like, pencils, erasers, all this stuff. And now it's literally just an iPad and the, uh, uh, what's it called? Stylus. stylus, yeah, the stylus. Right. I mean, one of our first interviews was the, uh, Tim Skirvin for Vale, and he was like, so it, he just kind of got to that point, and he was like, 
he like he had to show like he wanted to show me. He like took out his like his messenger bag and was like, "Look, he's like this saves me." He's like, "When you like he's like while I was waiting for you, I was like working on stuff." And then like puts it back in and like go. Yeah, it's so much easier like that. Yeah, it's it's yeah, it's definitely there's like a whole. We try to like categorize people and like there's definitely like my boy Matt Matthew Ryan Sharp. You guys should would vibe well. He's like all American traditional tattooed out like ass to elbow. Nice. And um, but he like he hand draws everything and then he even he even uh, like an illustrator will like hand like he doesn't use any of the tools like he's like very process like yeah and then there's guys that are like all digital so it's like it's cool because it's like a thing that it's yeah, like, yeah it's cool i would definitely like to learn more on the digital side and like get really good at it but i also that also to me doesn't mean that i'll never go back to like actual like hand drawing stuff because that's what i grew up on so right. like I feel like that's like, you know, my background and everything. So I'll never let that go. For you sure. still do tattoos? Have you done any tattoos? No, no, not anymore. Uh, basically, once I started with Hoax, uh, my apprenticeship had like come to an end. Uh, mm-hmm. There was just like some bad blood that went around, and I just left. I just quit. But uh, it was cool because everything I learned there. Uh, you know, I got to use mm-hmm. for the labels and everything. So now with the digital, the, like the banner, like the ho- is that like so that the banner I originally hand drew, right? Uh, and then I scanned it in, and then like thickened up the black lines and filled it in with color. And now every time we do a label, you know, I'll fill it in with a different color based on the beer. Based on the beer, yeah. But it's like the same. It's the same one now, right? So, so that's, say, that's yeah, a great just, example where the digital makes it so yeah, much easier. Exactly. So like I hand drew it, I scanned it in, and now it's in the computer. So every time we do a beer, all I have to do is like copy, uh, cut and copy, and then paste it on a, the new label, and boom, it's there. That's awesome. awesome. Yeah, yeah, it is awesome. And I, th- I, li- I like it, the digital, like for the idea that it's just mobile. Like you're at a picnic and like you're you're on the bus. And like yeah. You're just like work, you know, like. There's not like if you've got like, yeah. if you've got enough time to kill like you can just bring your iPad with you and just start fucking sketching. Well, right. There's never gonna be more hours in a day, so it's like you right. gotta be smart about how you fucking use your time. Exactly. And if you're working like a dog, you know, what I mean, you're slapping kegs and cans and doing yeah. the dance all the time, like you know. <laughs> yep. And we are back. You're listening to 16 Ounce Canvas episode 121, recorded live at the Barracks in East Haven. Mr. Chris Edwards, Hoax Brewing. It's a good one. I think it's nice. It's unfiltered. Just we were sitting down. It was hot. One thing about recording is I'm definitely, you know, if you're out there and you're an audio, you know, file, audio geek, whatever your cool terminology is, and you have some suggestions for these live recordings, you know, we'd love to hear it. You know, we had to turn, there's a fan there, and it was perfectly right oscillated on both of us, but when we listened to it in the headphones, it was like we both agreed we had to turn it off, and so we were just dripping sweat. So super sexy, I know, but it made for, uh, you know, a good interview. It was just nice to, to sit down. We're drinking one of their uh, upcoming beers. By the time this is released, I think Lem Trails will be out. You can pick some up there down at the Beerics. It was just nice. Just, you know, spit back and forth, catch up, see what was new, you know, learn his story, learn, you know, he's got a background in tattooing, how he's going digital now with the, you know, the iPad Pro. And it just, you know, it was really nice to see how things have evolved. You know, we knew for a long time we'd have Chris be a part of you know the project, but it was just made sense to make sure that he was you know, had kind of a had done a bunch more labels, you know, like I said, about a year when we first met him, you know, we we had talked to him, you know, about him being an artist and kind of been following along. So it's been cool. You know, that's part of it is we do meet people at different stages of their careers and since we haven't repeated an artist yet and we've thought about it, but we don't repeat which is amazing that we don't need to do that, but we haven't repeated anybody yet. So once we have somebody on, that's kind of it, you know, for at least for this version, where we are with this. So the idea is that you kind of want to have a story. You want to have some, 
you know, projects that they've been working on. And I think this is a you know, perfect timing, especially for where things are with hoax. You know, after you get past that first year, they say in a small business, that's, you know, that's the hardest. And so it's been a real, you know, pleasure to see what the work they're doing. You know, it's just kind of the, the three of them. Chris, Sean, and Austin, you know, much love to the, the crew there. And so it's really just exciting to see that happen. So we've been trying to figure a way to, you know, to, to, to promote them. We're always, you know, trying to get the word out about them. And whenever we see their brews, you know, on tap somewhere, we make sure we, you know, make sure we pick them up. And that was kind of fun. We were just kind of talking about all the different places naturally, you know, and where things go and what happens and how it happens for them. And so I really think this is a unique episode it wasn't really planned that way. You know, that's the beauty of it. We don't really know what's going to happen. It's unscripted, unedited, raw. But no, it was just a, you know, it was a good episode. You know, they were, all the guys were there, you know, kind of coming by Boston Balls. And it was, uh, it was just good to, it's good to be there. You know, I think that's, um, it's a unique place. And it's good to be able to go there and see so many familiar faces more and more as we go there. So if you haven't a chance to check it out, the Birix hoax brewing much love to you know johnny Narmada, kind of one of the you know, the founding fathers of that whole location making it all happen it's always good to see him too and you know we had mighty few on uh several weeks back who does the branding for them they're doing some cool stuff got some new cans that are you know out now with uh the crew over at the designer from bad sons working on some of their kind of uh, propaganda labels and they're just, uh, you know, they're doing a lot of really cool stuff there. I know that all oh, the folks there have been big supporters of some of the legislation that's gotten passed and the no limits being you know, released. You can, you know, walk away with, you know, cases of beer now there. And so make sure you support, make sure you uh, get out there. CT Beer, it's a great hashtag if you haven't followed along with that. But it's a, it's a movement, a lot of cool people doing some really, you know, really cool stuff. So let's get right back into it. Our Artist here is Chris Edwards. This is episode 121. Oof. You know what? If you divide 121 by 11, it's 11. So 11 squared is 121. Just think about that. Now, how's that going? How's it been? I mean, I, it's, you're probably our first beer sales guy we've ever had on. So, like, I'm, my, my nine to five hustle is sales. Like, right. how is that? Like, getting people to buy into a new beer. Like, what's your, like, what's your pitch? Like, what's your pitch? Like, I'm like, opening my new my new bar in town like you come in like what do you do like what do you do i mean basically i'll just come in and be like hey what's up man i'm chris from hoax brewing uh we brew out of the barracks with like uh armada hulls overshores erector front porch and uh i'll kind of just go from there you know i'll just see what their reaction to it is and then from there i'll just be like hey here's some samples and let me give you my spiel about every single beer that i have for you uh, kind of give you a little bit of hi- the history of us. Be like, it's just a three-man operation. Uh, it's myself, Sean, and Austin. Uh, you know, we bust our ass all day, every day. Mm-hmm. We're always out there doing something. And you know, nine times out of ten, um, they're super cool and respectful, and they're just like, yeah. Like yesterday, I walked into a, a package store in Sellington, and uh, I just put the cans down. I was like, hey, what's up, man? I'm I'm from Hoax in East Haven. Uh, we brew out of the Birics, and he was like, oh, yeah? He was, I was like, yeah, man. He's like, cool, send me one of each can that you brought in. I was like, oh, all right, that's perfect. It's easy as that sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes you really got to sell them, um, sit there and talk to them for like a half hour, try your hardest to get them to try the beer if they're being standoffish. Uh, but that's also hard sometimes, too, because they're like, well, I'm on the clock. I'm like, yeah, I'm on the clock, too, man, but I'll drink. Yeah, I don't give yeah. a shit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, because there's a there's like there's a show on Netflix. It's like I forget what it's called, like equals or even like a, it's like this couple show and like one of the understories is like them, these guys starting a brewery. Oh and yeah. Like the one scene is like they're all there like the day at the brewery and like at the at the bar and like the sales guys are like waiting with like their four packs. Like what do you got today? And he's like, well, I got this bully one and I got this and this and <laughs> and it's just like. It's like, ah, you know, people don't really feel that one. We'll, we'll take this, you know, like yeah. forever. It was just like, ah. Being a, being a bartender for, like, most of my life, it's definitely a different beast trying to, like, sell beer to bars and package stores rather than being behind the bar and just trying to sell the beer to, like, people, you know? Um, you definitely have to 
you know, know your audience and pick and choose like the places that you want to go to, not being like, you know, there's like five package stores over here and I only want to go to three, but being like, all right, there's five package stores, two of them are craft beer package stores and the other two are like, may or may not pick up like a craft beer. It also depends on if they want like uh, self-distro or they want to go through like G&G or someone like that, you know? And then there's other places like uh, where you just know for a fact that's not even worth going in because it's like a a shot in a Budweiser kind of store, you know, Mm -hmm. like those corner stores or something like that, which, you know, they don't, they don't hurt us at all and we don't hurt them at all because they have their clientele and we have ours. So it's not bad. It's just going into new areas. You kind of have to plan out your day and, you know, I'm not going to lie. I like look up other breweries and see where they're like at in that, like those towns, especially being like new to the game and kind of just like piggyback off those dudes. You know, Mm -hmm. I think it's smart. And I think also if you pitch it that, like you're choosing them. Like we're small, so we, we, we can't give our beer to everybody. We're giving right. it to you. As much as we want to, you right, know, it's right. not gonna happen. Right. Yeah. And so like you're like a founding yeah, you're a founding member of like what we got going on and yeah. that's cool. There's even like craft beer uh, package stores and bars and stuff like that that are just like, Listen, we'd love to take you on, but there's just too much in Connecticut right now that like let's hold off for a little while and see what happens in like a couple months. So I mean there's like over a hundred plus breweries in Connecticut right now. Yeah. Which is crazy. It's awesome, but it's also like it's super we were a pretty small state and it's still, it's crazy to think about it. Yeah. The and fact, there's like and they're like super like every I don't know, county town like has like so like it's almost like I mean it's going back to like prohibition days where it's basically like your corner bar yeah. is like a brewery. That's how it used to be. Like, yeah, exactly. And so I mean, I'm not against it. It's awesome. I'm loving the community and like Everybody's awesome, and I'm loving all the beers and everything. But for the 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 size of our state, we're just like we get. I think I feel like we're getting way too ahead of ourselves with the amount of breweries that are coming out. Yeah, I yeah. think people are gonna. I think it's like I think it became like fun and cute. Oh, I'm gonna have my own brewery. Yeah, and I think people are gonna fucking implode, and there's gonna be a lot of great gear that's gonna be available to be bought. I think that's yeah. what's gonna happen. I mean, there. there don't like get me Connecticut, wrong. Connecticut's got a lot of money that people like, <laughs> don't know what to do with. Like, a lot of, like, mom and dad, like, yeah, you know, like, my trust fund or whatever. Yeah, they, they're just bored, so they just right. start something. And then they, like, this is a lot of work. Because, like, I know, I mean, I've heard of breweries in Vermont. I mean, we'll name it, but, like, there was a brewery, ne- like, in their neighborhood. And they had all the best tanks, line, everything. Mm-hmm. Canning. And they're, like, it's a lot of, like, they bought it, like, because they were bored. And they were, lost, like, and then... Eventually, it was just like, you know what? I don't want to do this anymore. And then it's like pennies on the dollar. Yeah. It's like, you know what I mean? And that's, well, that's, that's I, the other thing. Like, you got, some I mean, people like are opening these things up thinking like it's going to be a hobby of theirs, you know? When, you know, reality, like, if you're going to do this for real, like, it's got to be like your full-time job. Right. You know? And you guys made it through the first year. It was a good, it was a good party. And uh, I mean, I think it's, like the first year is the hardest. Like to get once you get over that hump, it's like yeah, I mean, you can see already. I mean, the amount of beers you guys are coming out with already, you know, whatever, it works out really well. Yeah, that first year was like so strenuous. I mean, not just for me, but all three of us in general. You know, just trying to get out there, trying to make sales, trying to keep up with making the beer, trying to come out with another beer on top of that beer. Uh, doing all the labels, making sure we have money to like can and keg, making sure we have enough kegs. Like it's just every day there's like a little bit more stress. But now it's starting to ease out, you know. Now we're like uh, about a year and a half old and we're finally like settling into ourselves. Mm-hmm. You know, we've got enough accounts right now where we can rest easy and not really pick up new ones for the time being, uh, you know, for the next couple months. Uh, and make enough beer where people will go out and buy it. They know our name now, so yeah, that's cool. We're now, before though, you said that you only like it's a lot of one-off beers. Like you don't really repeat a lot. Right. How is that? Like that to me would be an off. That would be really hard to sell because, hey, I really love this beer you guys sold me last month. Yeah. And it'd be like we're never gonna make that again. Well, yeah. There's there's definitely like uh, accounts. Excuse me. That uh, have hit me up recently. That have been like, 
hey, I really want that peach mango sleight of hand that you guys did. And I was like, oh, that was like four or five months ago. I was like, yeah, we probably won't have that out again until like next year. And they're like, oh, well, what else do you have? And that's when you kind of catch them and be like, but we do have this. And like next week we'll be releasing this. And you kind of just start rolling out everything else that you have. And, you know, they're bound to pick something. Now, this is a beer noob kind of question, but if you're selling a Berliner, which is like a sour, yep. is that it? But it's kettle soured, so it doesn't. Is that any impact on the like draft lines because it's a sour or because it's kettle no. soured? It doesn't have the same issues of like a traditional. Yeah, no, there's no uh, there's no problems with that. There's like no. I mean, as, as long as uh, as long as those bars are cleaning their lines regularly, there shouldn't be a problem with it. Okay. You know, usually for. At least with like three sheets, we have a dedicated like sour line, and then we have a dedicated like cider line, and then everything else just like changes up. Mm-hmm. But we clean our lines at least once a week, uh, so that we make sure none of the beers get infected or none of the beers taste funky, none of the lines get all moldy and gross. Right. You know. Uh, yeah, that's like the ultimate fuck you to like breweries is like. You give someone your product, and then it's like they don't. Give and then it tastes like shit when you're drinking it. Yeah. You go into that place where you sold it to like help support them. Be like, hey, what's up? We're here. We're gonna drink our beer, you know. And then you get, it and you're like, this tastes like fucking shit. Yep. And you're like, oh, it's probably because they don't clean their. Lines. Yeah, there's a great guy, uh, Colin McDonald. He's uh, the owner of Henhouse Brewing in like in Cali, and like if you get, if you don't follow him on Twitter, you should. He's a great follow. <laughs> he talks about the fact that. You gotta go like and buy your beer at all, but like, it's not just about them buying the beer from you. You gotta go there, a support it, but you gotta make sure that like where you're putting your shit has good QC, like, cause like it's oh yeah, it's it's mind blowing, cause the fact it's like oh this beer tastes awful, but if I've never had it before, that's my only experience, and it's like I'm not gonna yeah, yeah. you don't want somebody to try your beer for the first time at a bar that doesn't clean their like without you knowing that doesn't clean right. their lines or something like that. And then have that person be like, oh, well, I'm never ordering or buying this beer ever again. Right. You know, because it tastes like shit. I do think that because of the craft beer boom that people are more uh, knowledgeable. And so they'll look and be like, people are like, oh, this is a really fruity. Has a, like, like some people are a little over the top and gets a little douchey. But like you read enough reviews, like, you know, what that beer should taste like you might not like it. But like, at right. least, you know, it's like how the how it's going to taste. Yeah, at least you're going to know like the flavor profile and everything right. like that, you know. And I think it's smart. I mean, there's ridiculous breweries who like pad their own stats on those rating sites, but I think you should be reading reviews and being like, because you can see where they bought it now. Like, it's gotten to that level of granularity. Yeah. You can see they bought it. I mean, it it's, as, it's as easy as going on untapped. Right. And just looking up the beers. Yeah. You know? And then you can go on uh, beer menus too and then see where like they're serving that beer and stuff like that. And if you know your town well enough, you should know. Uh, like where to go for a good beer. Yeah, I agree. I mean, three sheets and beer collective are two spots you should be going to. No brainers. Yeah. Uh, I mean, in New Haven alone. Yeah, New Haven's uh, like the, yeah. It's like, you know, I want to say 100% of the bars that we sell to are, you know, really awesome clients of ours and have backed us from the get-go because that's where we started was in New Haven. So... Because, like, Sean's basically the president of New Haven. You know, he knows everybody everywhere. <laughs> he fucking walks down the street and he knows, like, 30 people. Right. You know, he walks into the bar and he knows every single bartender. He knows everybody working. That's just Sean. Sean's just, like, the people person, you know? Um, but, yeah, we all live in New Haven now. We all work in New Haven. Uh, we all have friends that live and work in New Haven. And all the places that we sold to at the beginning have been backing us since day one which is really fucking awesome you know shout out to everybody mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> don't try to list them because you'll forget somebody nah, yeah, yeah I'm not don't g- do that man <laughs> I learned that move a long time ago man never ever ever try to do that because you'll get somebody like I listen and I, I'm like fuck yeah yeah so I, I just so I just, just like, like uh, I get like real general like thanks for all the yeah. support you and you and you yeah you know who you are Shout out to New Haven bars. <laughs> yeah, it's like all right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> all right. Um, so, what do you like? Yeah, what do you? What, I mean, because you're so involved in it. What do you? What are you drinking these days? I mean, obviously you're we're crushing these lem trails now. I mean, like, not for nothing, man. Uh, usually it's just hoax beers. It's and it's only because 
after a day of like doing sales, if I have extra samples in my car, I'll just bring them home and crush them. You know? What's up, man? I mean, I am out there looking for like new beers, like when I go out to package stores and stuff like that. Uh, but most of the beers I'm, I'm, I want to try now, I can't get in Connecticut. Like um, 450 North. Yeah, I haven't had any of either. Like, yeah. Is it Kentucky? Are they in Kentucky? Or like Idaho or yeah, something some like that? Yeah, it's like Bumble. Like, like <coughs> Keith Neltner, who did, who does work for LIC, um, I was I was randomly in Cincinnati, Kentucky recently and like got to meet, that's like the goal to meet everybody. And he's do, he's going to do some work for them, but he said mm-hmm. like the breweries in the like middle of, like if you think Kentucky is like New York City compared to where this place is. Yeah, yeah. And he said people just line up. Yeah, my buddy, uh, somehow or another, he had some dude, like, mail him a bunch of the beers, and he was like, dude, they were, like, unreal. And now I've just been, you know, I'm not, I don't want to say beer nerd, but I'm not, like, a guy who will reach out and be like, hey, man, I'll, like, trade you beers for beers. I don't really care that much, but if it I comes do, I my do way. I do that sometimes. <laughs> it's, it's it's, well, I like certain ones, and my, I got my wife into it. Like, she loves the sleight of hand. And the, the stouts, like so. Yeah, I've been. Tr- I, I trade like I trade for those because I'm like, all right, you know, yeah. it's fine by me. And like some of the stuff we get here in New England is people get fanboyed over, and it's just like, all right, yeah. I can go well, that's it. the thing too is like even, even like, locally, I don't really even spoiled. need to look for those beers. Nothing against those guys, but like I have enough beer that I want to try from Connecticut breweries. Like mm-hmm. uh, yeah, there's a few new ones I have at home that I just got. Yeah, um, I got a. Uh, Skygazer is what they call it? Yeah, called? so I was talking to some dude yesterday about Skygazer. They said they were awesome. I really want to try them. Um, I mean, Fat Orange Cat is pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, They're good people, too. Yep. Uh, and, that, like, and that also comes down to it. Like, um, At this point, there's so much beer. So, like, good beer A versus good beer B. It might be, like, 9.8, 9.7, right? But like, the person's a really nice people. This, the, the worst beer I'm all about all day because it's like yeah. you know like there's as so long much. as there's nice people backing the yeah, beer that's exactly. all I'm all about really. that yeah yeah exactly I got a couple of those sky gauges I should have brought I'll, 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 I'll get you some nice yeah that'd be awesome I traded somebody for them so they're, um, they're, they're beer nerdy yeah them uh, Little House uh, yeah I've heard five I mean, churches even, Alvarium like we're pretty we're in a good spot here in Canada. yeah even fucking like big guys like Counterweight and Nebco, they're still making pretty good beers, you know? Yeah, Neb- yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm going to interview Josh. Uh, he's going to be on the season uh, from Counterweight. And yeah, Nebco's always super supportive. Like, they're supportive of like, not, uh, like nonprofits and community events. Like that yeah. to me is important. Some of the bigger cats in Connecticut don't do that. Right, yeah, they're giving back to the community, which is nice. Yeah, it's important. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, last question for you. What do you like? What, mu- what music are you listening to? Like, what gets you? Like, what are you creating with? Like, are you? Uh, you've got some tunes you're going on. Or do you like when you're drawing? Are you like piece of so, guy? I mean, I hate to be that guy that says I listen to everything, Whatever. but uh, I have like playlists of stuff that are just so like crazy. Between like, uh, I don't know, like uh, beach slang to like counterparts to like. Uh, you know, uh, like the four owls, just like crazy back and forth. Yeah. But like when I'm when I'm in the zone, like drawing and like creating and stuff, I really like to listen to uh, this band called Oh Brother and this other band called Animals as Leaders. Uh, Animals as Leaders is like this really awesome technical metal instrumental band. Uh, you know, I can just kind of zone out to mm-hmm. it. And then Oh Brother is like this, um, like ambient, kind of heavy, kind of not band. Uh, they're, they're just fucking sick all, all around. Mm-hmm. They're like one of my top favorite bands. They're really awesome. Yeah. Um, but then I could be total opposite and listen to like hardcore bands like Barrier Dead and Counterparts and just like super heavy breakdowns all the time. It really depends on what mood I'm in, you yeah. know? It's, so it's it's all over the place, but uh, I guess I guess I would say for the most part it's like hardcore ambient metal. 
is what I listen to. What? I didn't even know it was a style, so I'm psyched. Like, this, yeah. this, <laughs> no, this question is always like, people. we got a lot of good feedback on it, but it's more for like, it's just selfishly for me. You know? I've gotten turned on to so many bands I never heard of. I'm like, yeah. cool. Because yeah, I would say like, I used to do a radio show and it was basically, I play everything except for like twang country and like anything else. I had no, if you're listening to that, I'm sorry, but I used to go to the radio, st- I used to go, I used to get really <laughs> baked and just like, I have so many crates of CDs, I would just like pick a couple yep. and not know what I have for that day and just like make it work because it, it was a good gig I did for 10 years in the last couple years. Oh, nice. Every, my mailbox was just flowing with free, free records. A lot of shit. Really? A lot of shit. Yeah, but like you gotta weed know, out the right. good ones. But it know? was good. Like it'd be like a dude worked on his demo, and like it was killer. Mm-hmm. Or like, like a self print. Like and it was awesome. Or the, then I'd get all the majors. Yep. So that's what I loved about it. Like, I'd be like, all right, I'd listen to majority of them, and yeah, I'd try to turn people on. Oh yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And then there's like local stuff like uh, Bone Church, who we're actually making a beer for. Uh, then like dudes like West Meets West. And like, uh, you know, Chesky, stuff like that. Chesky, you should, yeah. Uh, so actually tonight at Three Sheets, he's uh, doing like a last minute show. Uh, so, cool. yeah. So Ariana Katarina, you should vibe for her. She does stuff down in Florida. She she loves Chesky. She's, a, she's, yeah, she's he's, like, he's made a really big name for himself. He's doing really well. Yeah. He's an awesome dude too. Super nice, super like down to earth. Um, he's New Haven. He's, he's, he's New from Haven. New Haven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Yep. Cause yeah, she she dropped him, and then, like I've seen him like tons of places since then. Oh yeah. 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 So all right. So last, we'll go one more question. Last question. What, what, what's what can we expect from Hoax? What's what's next? Uh, so, so tomorrow we're dropping this new Lem Trails, which is our very first sour IPA that we've ever mm-hmm. done. Uh, it's a seven percenter, uh, heavy on the lemon. Um, you know. Full of lemon juice and lemon zest, uh, super refreshing for these yeah. disgustingly humid, hot, bullshit days. Yeah, I feel bad. <laughs> we're, we're, we're here at the Burex and I had to ask, we had to turn the fan off, and it's fuck. I, both of us are like dripping right uh, now. I feel it dripping down my back. <laughs> yeah, it's disgusting. I look at Chris and I get hot, I get I get hotter every time I ask him a question, so I stop looking at him. Um, but yeah, and then after this next week we release. Uh, <coughs> Uh, blueberry lemonade sleight of hand, which oh, is going to be fuck fucking yeah. killer. Uh, and then after is that, that made? Is, can we? Is that made? You could try some, yeah. For yeah. Sure. Let's cut the shit. Yeah. Um, and then after that, we're I think it's the Bone Brew for Bone Church. Uh, we haven't gotten approved yet, but we're going to attempt to brew a beer with goat bones to make it super fucking metal. Really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what's the approval? What's the approval process on that? I have no idea. I'm not part of that. You know, I just sell it. <laughs> but we're, uh, yeah, we're gonna smoke, uh, smoke a goat. You know, uh, take all the meat off, and then we're gonna get down to the bones. Can you buy a goat to eat? <clears throat> yeah, thing? over at uh, Restaurant Depot. Sean bought it already. Yeah, it's ready to be smoked. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, then we're just going to boil the bones and, like, scrape out the bone marrow and then use just, like, solid bone. I had that one time as a meal, like, marrow. It's like a thing you can get. And it was yeah, you can fucking eat. Fucking amazing. Yeah. I was like, this is disgusting. going to be disgusting. It was, like, marrow and, like, peas. And I was like, yeah, Man, I'm good on that. And then I I've had never had it, it but I was like, oh, where's my, I was like, I was, I was hooked. It was in, like, <laughs> yeah. Chicago. I was like, I was all about it, but it did not, yeah, yeah. Yep. The goats. All right. Yeah. Yes, they it's are the experimental be. fucking beer brewery here in Connecticut. <laughs> That's a first. I don't think I've ever even heard of that. Yeah. Fuck lactose. Goat bones. Yeah. Right. <laughs> new, t- new t-shirts coming after. All right, brother. That's a wrap, dude. Thanks. That's man. awesome. Hell yeah. Cool. Thanks for having me. Oh yeah, awesome. There you have it, folks. Episode 121 is in the books. The inaugural, the essential, Chris Edwards, Harry underscore Diamond interview right here on the 16-ounce canvas, the Art of Craft Beer podcast. Remember to chat Hoax Brewing, H-O-A-X Brewing. 
crew over there is doing some great stuff. Sleight of Hand is one of my favorites. They keep mixing it up, keeping it unique. There's some good ones coming down the pipeline. I don't want to, uh, I don't want to sh- share any spoilers with you because then my, my privileges might be revoked next time I'm there. Got to try one that's coming out soon, and uh, it was a banger. It's got some, you know, it's going to grow. It's going to become something a little more evolved the next uh, step of it, but I don't want to uh, show my hand, so to speak. But uh, their, their first anniversary party was great. Still have some of those... Uh, Special sled of hand bottles. We'll pop those at some point. Maybe we'll pop that this weekend in celebration of this episode. And just, um, yeah, really wish them uh, nothing but the best. Much love to the crew over there at the Beerix. Chris, if you're out there grinding, if you're a local pub or bar, you want to uh, get in touch, reach out to them. Make sure you get their shit on tap. They're, uh, they're growing. They're working. They're weird. They're having fun. They're doing some cool shit. It's just... Uh, it's nice to see, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's impressive, you know, it's, um, beer is small business and, you know, they're learning, they're definitely getting their feet wet, they're being a little wacky, but I mean, it's just a lot of things that are, you know, up in the air and they're learning and I think that's why that space over there in East Haven is really, it's really important. I think it allows a collaborative effort, a lot of folks to, you know, to learn from each other, you know, some more senior members over there who definitely look out for for the others and they kind of uh you know share knowledge and they have a good time while they're doing it but they you know, they work hard and it's cool to see all the different breweries that are in there when you go you know, go in the tap room and there's you know eight to twelve different beers on tap and they're from you know, anywhere from you know three to six plus breweries you know anytime that can be you know, featured there and doing some really you know cool stuff you know you always have the brothers and ale which is you know delicious and you know, there's always some Stouts, some sours, some Berliners, and so it's just uh, it's a good place to be. I'm gonna check. Every chance to check it out, please do. Make sure you tip your bartenders and uh, pay off some cans while you're there. No limit, so get as many as you like. I, mean, I think there's a limit, but just you know, from from the previous limits that we had here in Connecticut, it seems like uh, it seems like there's just uh, it's a huge, huge um, release or relief being able to get all those beers now. So. Much love to the crew there. I want to thank Chris again for being a part of it. I want to thank Chris for his huge uh, help and being supportive. You know, last summer to make the Autocrat Beer event possible. He's going to participate in our event at Three Sheets in December. It's going to be great. So uh, keeping the love here in Connecticut too. The hubbub. Theautocratbeer.com. Check it out. And please uh, take a moment go buy those glasses. 16OunceCanvas.com slash store Dunehager 20 bucks plus shipping and they can be yours we even have a few left over from the New Haven event last year so you can get those limited edition found a box uh, in the basement so I was like we should uh, get those up on the store so check it out we thank you and until next week you've been listening to the 16 Ounce Canvas the art craft beer podcast cheers